And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shakers Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesdays is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, oh, what's up? What's up, Andrew? We've got NBA free agency just around the corner. Yeah, what's the what's the schedule on that? When does that? St- I know it starts on Friday, but what time? Yeah, I think it's uh, six p.m. Eastern. Oh, three p.m. Pacific. Yeah, middle of my day. Middle of your day. Uh, we're gonna start hearing a lot of things about a lot of teams. I would yeah, guess- what do you think? It, what do you think will be the first announcement made? It's already set in stone, ready to go. Chris Middleton, back to the Bucks. Back to the Bucks on like a four-year, hundred and forty million dollar deal or something. Yeah, could be, could be, could be. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how many surprises there are going to be. I mean, I would guess that another one that'll get done really fast is Draymond Green. Back to the Warriors. Okay, what about first guy to sign with another team that is announced? Hmm. I mean, like Dylan Brooks to the Rockets is, just feels like a low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. You know, you think you think that's already signed, sealed, and delivered? I I kind of do. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> do think that that's ready to roll. Um, I, I'm going to be so fascinated if they if they bring on. If they really do splurge, because that's that's what Zach Lowe said on Low Post yesterday. He was like, "Everyone knows what Houston's going to do. They're going to splurge." Yeah. If they really did bring in like Dylan Brooks, Van Vliet, and Brooke <laughs> Lopez somehow, and then Udoka plays all those guys like thirty plus minutes a night. I was talking about this on Slam and Jam. Like, you just drafted probably if you were just to stack up talent. The most you you got you had the most talent to draft of anybody, not not just talent, but I think, well, maybe not with Cam, but like fit wise, like Amen is kind of like, oh, he's great, as good of a fit as they. Could oh, they have needed gotten. a guy like that so badly. Somebody yeah. that's unselfish, that's crazy athletic, that can play defense. Like, yeah, yeah. he's amazing. And then they're gonna screw it up. Promise, they're gonna screw it up. I can't wait to see what it is. I'm yeah. very interested. They're going to find a way to screw it up. And it's annoying because like 
if they could just remain patient, and sure, you can go sign some like defensive infrastructure type of guys. Yeah. Like that would be good. That would be really good for them. But they're going to screw it up. <laughs> they're going to try to find guys that are going to help them be good next year. And when you look at the West, like this is not the time to try to do it. I mean, Utah is already a lot better than you, and they just got John Collins. Like, you think, like, what What are the chances of them even realistically passing Utah next year? It would be tough. Like, not good. And Utah might not make the play-in. Yeah, they're certainly not a shoe-in. I mean, somebody's going to have an injury, but really the teams that you would question at this point it's like outside of Houston, you're looking at Portland and the Spurs. Yeah, I was and say. the Spurs are yeah. even like, who knows how good Wemby can be? Yeah, and and that's it. That's yeah, they may not be like 20 wins bad. They may be 27 wins bad. Yeah, like, that's not that bad. And then, like Portland could be really bad. They could be really, really bad with what with what could unfold in the next few days because like the mandate from Dame is like great. We want to build this, build it, and build it in the next two weeks. And if you yeah. don't, we're going to have to have another conversation. I was I was thinking about I know no one wants to hear about Dame anymore, but uh, I was I just finished uh, Jake Fisher's book from a few years ago yeah. called Built Built to Lose mm-hmm. about the NBA's tanking era, and uh, there's like a huge section in it on the baby Lakers, which like I didn't really think of them as a tanking team at the time. Yeah. Um, because like all of the public facing messaging from them was always like, we're going to find someone to bring in for Kobe. Like, you know, these are like the final years of Kobe Bryant's mm-hmm. career. Mm-hmm. We're going to find someone every single offseason. It was like, who, who are the free agents LA is going to get? And that was like when they had the terrible free agency pitch to LaMarcus Aldridge. Oh my god. That gosh. was like this, that era of time. Yeah. And you look back at it though. And like, what were they actually doing? Like they were collecting really good assets. Yeah. Like they were drafting super well. Yeah. And like they drafted so well. Julius. They literally hit on almost every single pick. Yeah, they really Julius, did. Kilo, like Kuzma, Clarkson, Nance. Mm-hmm. And I look at what Portland's doing and I kind of wonder if they're doing the exact same thing because you look at the changes they've made like since Neil Olshay. Mm-hmm. Well, they brought in Mike Schmitz, who's maybe one of the most connected people in the draft world. They've significantly boosted their scouting department, and now they have a G League team. Like all of their decisions that they have made over these last few years are the type of decisions you would make if you're trying to build an infrastructure for like a rebuild and the next era of your team. Yeah. Outside of like the Jeremy Grant trade, like everything else they've done has kind of been laying the groundwork for this. And so I almost I, I kind of have to give them credit. Like if this if this does quote unquote work out for them, like it, which I, I don't know if this is necessarily what they want, but if like Dame does eventually ask out and they trade him, like they have done the they have done the groundwork to like make this all work. Like it, it will it will look really good. The second he's gone, I, I think everyone like Blazers fans will realize, hey, we're we're actually in a really good spot. Like yeah, we set us up really nicely. I mean that's why if I if I'm them, I try to leverage Dame against a couple different teams because there will be a few different teams that'll really want him, and just yeah s- I th- squeeze them for every last draft pick. 
And for me, it's like it has to be Brooklyn. They're the only team that has the pick assets that I would be interested in. Yeah. Because they have all the Suns pick. They have a Philly pick. They have like, yeah, they got some juicy stuff. The Suns picks are going to be so valuable because that's, yeah, Suns that, would, that team, would be like probably my priority because I just don't know which young player, like young good player you're getting back from Dame. Like I would hard even, to find that I, type of package. I would not even, I would do just like what Presti did originally and like don't even stress at all about getting back good young players just get picks well yeah like the Harden, the Harden model yeah i mean that's what that's what but that's what sam did i mean like what i mean outside of shea and that was like a very unique situation because not only did he get shea he got he squeezed them for all their draft picks too but with like westbrook and everybody else the priority wasn't to get like some to get some good young pieces but it was to squeeze them for every last draft pick that they could yeah and like that's what they should do especially with the new cba and how that's coming into play and how if you're a team in the tax the only way you can add to your salary is like re-signing your players or your draft picks yeah yeah my priorities would be getting off of Nurkic's contract and then getting as many picks as I could. Yeah. And I think if you, you can, can accomplish do. those. Like I, I'd still, I, they're not going to get like a hundred cents on the dollar. I don't think they're going to get the equivalent of the KD trade. Like that was really like a perfect storm event for the nets. But if you could uh, yeah. literally get the KD trade <laughs> by getting those picks from the nets, um, I, I think that it, it would end up being okay. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah, I think they should do that. By the way, speaking of the the Suns, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, Bays did not get a qualifying offer. <clears throat> apparently, I am not surprised. They... Well, I'm surprised just because uh, everyone made it seem like they're just going to sign all their bird rights guys and just to have, just to, like just to have something. I mean, they and they did it for Jock Landale and Saban Lee. I think Jock Landale can play in the playoffs. I, th- I think. I mean, based on their current roster, I think Bays can play in the playoffs. Uh, because who else? They obviously think differently. Yeah. I think it might be well, end of the line for Bays in the NBA. End of the line, really? You think out of the league? Or maybe like two-way or something? Yeah, maybe two-way. Yeah. Man, oh, man. I think that's totally possible. Man, it's man, a shame. Man. It's a shame. Uh, all right. You've had... We've, we've had... Some time to think about Kason. Uh, any Kaysan. other any other leftover NBA draft thoughts? Um, any other NBA draft thoughts? Uh, I still kind of feel like I did at the beginning and uh, of this whole process. Just feeling like, as much as I liked a lot of the guys in this draft, I didn't feel like there were a ton of clear, obvious fits for this Thunder team where they are right now. However, I definitely do think Kaysan would fall into that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I tweeted about it. Just like for all for all of our talk about like how much they tend to like, you know, upside projects. Mm-hmm. Maybe the most surprising thing about this pick was just how like much sense it does make. I mean, I know there are there is a segment of the fan base that's freaking out about, you know, oh, they took another guard or whatever. But if, if you just get past that, like everything else makes sense in terms of what the Thunder are looking for. And there aren't a ton of other players in this draft that really hit 
or checked as many boxes as Kason did. Um, yeah. And I saw Brandon Raybar tweeted out yesterday, which I thought that was pretty amazing that there were only two players over six foot eight that were taken after OKC's pick. Isn't that so weird? for all the talk about like wanting to, you know, oh, we need a big guy, we need a big guy. They just they didn't exist. They weren't in this draft. Yeah, like in terms of first round talent. I forget who the two guys. It was Derek Lively, and I forgot the other guy who's over six eight. Uh, I think Jet Howard was exactly six eight. Chris so Murray. I'm thinking of like who or, or Noah Clowney, probably. Yeah, it was Noah Clowney. Yeah, Noah Clowney. That that's kind of amazing. Yeah, and and when you put it in that context, it's like the the guy that you know that segment of the fan base would want. He wasn't really there. No. Like unless you wanted Lively, and we we discussed Lively a few weeks ago, like what would be the merits of that? Yeah. Um. But but if you if you couldn't buy into that, there really wasn't a big, <clears throat> unless you were willing to move up. Yeah. And it just seems like there weren't a ton of options to move that far up. Yeah. I mean, the only move up we saw was from eight to seven, right? Yeah. Yeah, and honestly. I just don't think Lively was going to be the kind of big that you'd want to take. I, they're going to try Chet at center this year. You know, they want to see what that looks like. And if I'm them, that's what I would want to see too. Like, I want to see what Chet looks like at center. Does it guarantee that Chet is like the center of the future for the team? I'm not sure that it does. Maybe, I mean, I just think that they, my guess is that they just don't even know what they have yet. And all they did was add to the flexibility of the roster, adding Case onto the team. He can play up a position just because he plays really hard. Um, I just think that they just don't honestly. There's, they don't know. Maybe Chet. Maybe they do find something with small ball lineups and Chet as the center. And this and this is what they need. Great. Maybe they figure yeah. out over the course of the season that boy, we need somebody bigger, but they have to be able to shoot. To play with this roster, well, and I was so they invest about, resources into that. Uh, what uh, San Antonio is doing, um, because Wimby, at least like in the in the pre-draft process, there were you know the reports of like he doesn't really want to play center. That's not what he wants. Yeah, to yeah, do. yeah. Um, and they have someone like Zach Collins, who at the end of last season, Pop basically said he's going to be our starting center going into the year. Yeah, you know, I do wonder if there was a player like Zach Collins, like like prospect version of Zach Collins in this draft, instead of Derek Lively, would they have been interested in that sort of a player? Because he is like, a, like just looking at his stats last year, he averaged 11, 6, and 3, sorry, 11, 6, and 3 assists per game. Yeah, it's good. Shot 37% from three. Now, on not a ton of attempts. Yeah. 2.38 per game. Yeah. But like, if that sort of center was there, would they have been more interested? I don't know. Um, but my, my, yeah, you my guess, him to though, Derek Lively, and it's they're very different. Yeah. My guess, though, is like, what, what center in year one comes in and like really helps? Well, I think we're going to see that with Dallas. Like I, I think that's why you're seeing the rumors about them still going after DeAndre Ayton. Like I don't yes. think they took Derek Lively with the idea that he is going to be our starting center. He can't be. He couldn't be. be and he couldn't. He couldn't with the Thunder either. I I think if they need to, I mean, look at look at like Bigs right now. I think I think Atlanta would love to just give away Clint Capella. 
like they did with John he Collins. Yeah. He can't. They can't give him away right now. <laughs> they they literally did just give away someone. I know, and they that want to the, give. That's the point they're at. Yes, and that is going to happen more and more. And the guys that are going to be the most easy, or not most easy, the guys that are going to be the most available to give away, are these are like overpaid bigs. And the Thunder will be able to get one of those guys for next to nothing. So the stress about we got to have a big man. Like let's just see this play out for a season. And if that isn't, that may be true. It may be true that they need to to do that. And maybe Chet looks actually really good as a power forward. Next to uh, center Poku. Next to center Poku. <laughs> but if if they decide that, hey, what we need is a big, I bet you you're going to be able to get one next season. So yeah. to me, it's just, it doesn't make sense to stress about it now. Or to even try to fulfill that through the draft, because I think, like similar to Perk or to like the Tyson Chandler trade that came before Perk, Nanad, Nanad. I think <laughs> Nanad. Um, I think if you want to bring in a big to really help, it's got to be like a veteran. Probably, yeah. I, I I guess just reflecting on the draft, it became more clear to me, especially after that tweet from Brandon. Like this really wasn't the draft. This for them it. to get the big that we are kind of like all theoretically want. Yeah. Um, unless you think they could have moved up. And there's just really no indication that anyone was really had a decent shot to move up. Yeah. And even like, I mean, even Jarris though, like if let's say they did make a trade to get seven or eight yeah. and they are able to get Jarris. Like Jarris, I think he's got a really bright future ahead of him. Is Jairus Walker coming in and changing the level of physicality in Oklahoma City? Is he coming in and like changing everything for them from the big position? Like the answer this next season is no. Not if he keeps taking those floaters. The answer is no. So, uh, to me, I I really like what they did. I kind of wanted them to take a guard, um, and I'm glad they did because I do think that they need to get better at that position, even though they have a lot of really good players there. I think like you, because of how flexible the roster is and the fact that you can play J dub at the four, like, why don't we just add more skilled players rather than getting players that are less skilled, but are bigger and stronger. Why don't we just add more skilled players? Cause those are the guys that are the hardest to get. Those are the guys that cost the most. Those are the guys that are most valuable in trade are the skilled guys. And so just add to and, that and, and, and figure it and out. And clearly, like, in this draft, there just weren't a ton of those guys. Like, like the guys who truly do not take that much off of the table and could seamlessly fit into this yeah. Thunder roster. I mean, after, let's, I mean, at 10, which is where the Thunder picked, who, like, let's go through it. Like, who else was it? Like, Jet Howard, no. Derek Lively, Buffkin, no. Buffkin, you're both. He he would he would work. Grady Dick, no. Jordan Hawkins, no. Buffkin, yes. Keontae George, no. Hoods Cafino, you could quibble. He could quibble. If if you like him. If you like him. What did uh what did what's his name say? Jalen not not good something. I don't know. Uh Dean. <laughs> Dean on draft. Um <laughs> uh, oh yeah, he said Jalen not good Shafino. Yeah. <laughs> This is such a terrible yeah. joke. Um, 
<laughs> like Jaime Jaquez is like a role player. Pajemski's a role player. Cam Whitmore is like not that guy at all. But yeah, like Pajemski theoretically fits. I mean, like he he could have. He can yeah, he can do a little bit here and there. But like, but you're but you're not taking him over Kason. Yeah, you're not taking him at ten or twelve. Yeah, it's a lot of role players. It's a lot of combo-y guards. It's a lot of tweeners. Yeah, there's not really any bigs, and like the skilled, all the skilled guys went at the top, and this kind of shows you like where the value is. Like obviously, like Wimby, Brandon Miller, Scoot, but then it's the Thompson twins. It's Anthony Black. Like those three. Like represent like the big playmakers, like the big like guard wing playmakers of the draft, and they were just like all gone like that. And I'm interested. I, I haven't, I have not started thinking about the 2024 draft, but I'm interested. The one thing I would be interested in knowing is how that class stacks up just uh, positionally um, compared to this one, because this this draft class did have a lot of wing depth. It was just all concentrated. Like wing and big depth is all concentrated in those first, you know, nine yeah. picks or so. Yeah. Um, and then after that, it did become kind of a smaller draft. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd be interested in knowing what next year is looking like because obviously they're going to have, I don't think they're going to be able to get rid of all these picks. They're probably going to draft a couple guys in next year's draft. And I, I wonder if it'll be a better opportunity to grab a random big, yeah. like, like a, a Filipowski. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Kyle Filipowski. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know much about that draft yet at all. Um, And honestly, like what we know about that draft today is going to change so much by December that I just don't even want to know yet. (laughs) You don't even want to know. I'll tell you. Hey, uh, Adam Bona, he's going to be in. Oh, Bona, Bona boys. (laughs) He'll be back. Zach Eady, he'll be back. Yeah, Zach Eady will be back. There actually will be a lot of returning guys. Yeah. In that draft. Yeah. Which makes sense. I wonder if anyone will reclassify from the the next draft. Because it, it would seem like a good class to do that for. Uh, you and honestly, think. I wonder, gosh, if Gigi Jackson had just stayed, maybe not at South Carolina. I mean, that was yeah. probably his first mistake, choosing that program. But he, if he had chosen a better program, chosen, chosen, uh, and then stayed two years and been in next year's draft, I feel like he would have had a much better shot to be like a, a at least a first rounder. I think the same could have been said for Amani Bates, though, and it got worse. Uh, yeah, but Amani is like so skinny that you wonder like why it ever was a thing. Like he he would have had to have been such an elite. Shooter. I just wonder if Amani would have would have come out in the draft and not gone to Eastern Michigan. Or wherever it was. Was that where he was? Yeah, at? Eastern Michigan. And not gone to Eastern Michigan. If he would have gone in like the thirties. Last year? Uh-huh. Just just having that like short time in Memphis. Yeah. Where the just yeah, being maybe. like murky and it's like, well, we just don't really even know and like what he did. And then you got to see him at Eastern Michigan, like, oh, oh okay. Like co- confirming everything that happened. I feel like Gigi could have like confirmed everything that happened. At South he Carolina, have, yeah. and then just like, okay, now he's like the 50th pick. But it was also clear, like, he was in an awful developmental space at South Carolina. Like, if he had just been on the G League Ignite, I feel like we, you would have yeah. at least known more. Yeah. Because um, he would have had to play more of a role instead of just like, here, you're in charge of a college basketball team at age 17. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
I, um, but I like but yeah, him in, in Memphis. I, hope, I think is a good situation for him. They've done really good developing players there. So sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know. I I I feel like there. I mean, there's there's a lot of also weirdness around the way they handle their roster. Hopefully, they're learning their lessons. And well, yeah, and they traded for Marcus Smart and enough time for GG. Pretty legit trade. <laughs> you don't like it. No, I do. No, I do. I okay. really do. Okay. So no, it's, it's absolutely the kind of trade that I think makes sense for where they were at. Yeah. Um, yeah, I much prefer that to them like bringing in four more rookies. Yeah. 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 Especially definitely. at the cost. Like definitely. it was what Tyus Jones and two picks, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a fine. Yeah. I think it's a fine trade. I think you'll help I think them. That's I think you'll help them. Uh, you excited for uh, Thunder Summer League starts? Monday. Yeah, it's uh, Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. Um, uh, I heard Salt Lake City is the place to be, man. It's the place to be. Are you going? I'm not going. I'm not going. Uh, I'd like to be there. Uh, I, yeah. I would. I don't know this for sure because they haven't released the rosters, but I would guess it's going to look something like Chet, J Dub, Oos. You really Kaysan. think all those guys are going to come back? I mean, I I I, I get Oos, but. Gonna play summer. You think like J Dub's gonna play? He already said he is. Oh. Yeah. He's yeah, I mean, like we talked to Mark about it uh on Saturday. And he's like, yeah, he's gonna play. Okay. Uh it's gonna be like watching yeah. a real like a real team. This is gonna it's gonna feel like it did back in like two thousand nine or whatever. When you had all these guys playing on your summer league team. Robert Vaden. Is super <laughs> super stacked. Dwight Bikes. Yeah, it's going to be like the Dwight Bikes year. Um, but yeah, I think all those guys are going to play. Yeah. Probably like Jay, Jay will probably play as well. Um, okay. That would be well, my guess. As far as like players that I'm actually interested in watching, I mean, it'd be cool, whatever, to see J-Dub. Cool to see Chet. What do you mean, whatever? You know? I don't, I'm like, I'm a little perplexed at, at your, your attitude toward this. Uh, well, it's just because like, we do this every year and we act like summer league's this huge thing and then it comes and goes and we forget about it. And it, and we, and in the moment we even say like, Oh, this doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. And so like when I think about players who actually could potentially change the way I feel about them, uh-huh. it's not Chet. It's not J dub. I think honestly, the only player in terms of returning players mm-hmm. is, is Usman. Jay. Yeah. 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 He, he is the player I'm most interested in to watch because I think, in fact, last night, Andrew, I went back and watched every uh, field goal attempt for Usman Jang Man. last season. It's not that; it didn't take me that long. There's only 180, I was say, there's like 180 that shots. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was a lot of a lot of missed threes. I think. Do, in fact, uh, how many players do you know. think took a larger percentage of their shots from three than Us on the team? Yeah, on the team last year. Oh, probably not that many. I don't know, like four. There's three: is Moose, Isaiah Joe, and Lindy Waters. Okay, yeah. Fourth on sense. that list was Usman Jang, fifty-four percent of his shots. So I watched a lot of clanked threes. Yeah, he took almost a hundred threes. Yeah, um, and yeah, the, the I mean, the thing that sticks out watching Usman is just I, I don't. Yeah, I, I would call it settling. How often he settles for like this floater on his drives. Mm. The, 
I was looking at his stats on cleaning the glass. It is pretty wild how much of his value last year came from what he did in transition. Oh, great um, news. Breaking news. Victor Wimbanyama's not playing in the Sacramento Summer League. He's playing in Vegas. Oh, okay. So he is, he is playing. Which is great news. That's just great beautiful. news for you. That's good. That is going to be a packed house. It's going to be insane. It was insane you, last year for for Chet. Yeah, it's. I'm just telling you. They, Are you going to be able to get tickets? You won't be able to get tickets. Are you specifically me? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm. I've got a credential, so I'll get in. But okay, good for you. <laughs> good for you. Um. <laughs> but yeah, when. Wimby is, I mean, it's like, like Mickey Mouse. It's like the Easter Bunny. It's like Santa Claus. Like he's just like this, like larger than life, like character that like people like worship and like just walk around him. And he's just. And you're going to be there for Jeremy Sohan. Almost floating around. I will be. So he was at the draft too. Had purple hair. Yeah, I saw him. Uh, he hugged uh, Wimby. Yeah. Um, Teammates. Yeah, but but so uh, cleaning the glass, you can do on off and then break it down by transition mm-hmm. and half court. Mm-hmm. And uh, so obviously this is context. You know, there's context here because it's based on who else was on the court with you. But uh, Usman Jang, a, a ton of his value came from what he was able to do in transition, mm-hmm. which which shows up in his watching all of these field goal attempts. Yeah, because he's very good at getting out in transition. When he does catch the ball on the run, he's pretty good at finishing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I was looking at his dunks. So he had 17 dunks last year. In terms of dunks per minute, I did do the math. He was second, only behind J-Dub. Wow. Uh, a lot of dunks, which helped the his, you know, at the rim percentages. He, he did very well around the rim last year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when, when you look at these on-off numbers, the how much better the team is in transition when a certain mm-hmm. player is on the court. Shea is number one. JRE, interestingly, is number two. And then Oos is number three. You go down to the bottom of the list. You know who the worst player, well, not necessarily the worst, but when he is on the court, the team's, uh, uh, how they do in transition is affected the most negatively. Who would you guess? Hmm. Which player on the Thunder? Yeah, when he's on the court, their transition offense goes in the tank. Oh boy, who do you, and it, and it's not like is it not Bays? If that's what you're gonna say, <laughs> um, Bays was third worst. Bays was third. It was not. It was not Bays. Um, Jerry, I don't know. I j- I literally just said Jerry was number two in terms of I'm best. Sorry. I'm sorry. Oh my god. I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's Kenrich. Kenrich. Kenrich, he's in the ninth percentile, and Josh Giddy is in the fourteenth percentile. I was gonna say Giddy just because it felt counterintuitive. Yeah, and I and I, you know, I think Chet's gonna help out with this a lot. He was a incredible transition player at Gonzaga. Yeah, yeah and he was. You have you, if you put him on the court with Oos, I think you could get something special. But it's not just uh, transition offense, transition defense as well. Uh, Oos really shined. Interesting. Too. So uh, all that's just say that like a lot of his value came in transition last year, which makes sense. I mean, a lot of young players yeah. do better in transition when they first come into the league because it's a little bit more wide open. Yeah. Um, but yeah, watching how he would, 
either attack closeouts or just attack when he gets the ball at the perimeter against a set defense, how often he like, it looks like he runs into an invisible wall. Yeah. The second he like feels contact and then he immediately goes up and shoots one of these floaters. And it's hard to parse out how bad he actually is on those shots. Because if you look at, they're called like driving floater shots. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I know that the NBA tracking data isn't perfect. We actually shot like, if the, if those are the shots, he shot 10 for 19 on those shots, which is obviously very good. Very good. And he was really good around the rim as well. Now, a lot of that was dunking, but he was really good around the rim. He was one of their best finishers around the rim last year, even though in my mind, there were like a lot of like really bad misses. Yeah. And those are still on the highlights, but uh, he, he was still a very good finisher around the rim. So I guess what all this is to say is in summer league, I think I, we could potentially learn something just in terms of his process. Yeah. Because the best highlights for Usman last year going through these were the times when he would attack the rim and not settle for that floater. Mm-hmm. And he would actually get to the rim and usually dunk because he's like 6'10 or whatever. He's giant. When he According to reports, 7'5". What's that? According to reports, 7'5". In height? I'm just joking. Wow. I'm just joking. Just, just bringing back the, the little joke that was passed around. Sorry. I want to look up. Oh, no, he's not in the database. He's not in the database. Not in the database. Uh, but yeah. I... Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondering. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct TV satellite-free. You see this? 
this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. That's that's kind of what I'm. why I'm excited to see Us at yeah. Summer League. Just to see if his like approach has changed at all. I don't, you know, if he goes out there and shoots 10 for 20 from three, I'm not going to be like, oh my gosh, Us is a shooter now. This is <laughs> yeah, so great. Don't, don't, don't so like, I don't really that. care. And it's not like his shot was so broken. It that looks I think good. His, it's pretty smooth. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like I think his form's going to be significantly different. So it's not that. It's more just, I want to see what he does when he has the ball in his hands going towards the rim. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, you know, he gets some more opportunities to initiate offense in summer league. I mean, if not now, when? Yeah. Uh, so, so, I, so I do think it's like a, a pretty big summer league for Usman. Mm-hmm. I, I think he could potentially show us some stuff yeah. that, that matters. And that's why he's the only guy I really care about. Yeah. I mean, and Jang has been in OKC this whole time working hard. Yeah, I saw he did. Uh, he was doing some volunteer work. Did some volunteer work. Thunder cares. I think. I mean, he's going to get a chance, definitely, and certainly with them drafting a guard, that just keeps the minutes open for him, which I think is good. Uh, yeah. We also just have to realize that, like, if you, if they hit on J Dub, Jang, and Kason, like that's it's it's almost unheard of. Break them up in the draft for them to hit on all three. Yeah, I know, but we're at that point where we we imagine them all hitting because why wouldn't they all hit? Why would you draft them if they're not going to yeah, hit? Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm not saying that they won't. I'm not saying that they won't hit. I'm just saying that, like, just to, to keep in mind. Oh, for sure. Like, I can't imagine being a Rockets fan right now, and you look at just the the level of like high lottery talent on that roster. Yeah, and the excitement around each every single one of those picks. Oh yeah, and then you throw in someone like Shingun who's taken at sixteen. Like, if you're a Rockets fan, of course you're assuming that they're all going to hit. Why would you not assume that? But we know that you know a number of those guys probably aren't going to work out long term. But right now, you look at that roster, and it's like that is an insane roster, yeah. just in terms of young talent. Yeah, it really um, is. I, I I talked about it with Vicini. That that's why you in back to our earlier conversation, like don't screw this up, but they're going to screw it up. They have they've probably done the most BPA rebuild I've ever seen. No question. Every single pick has been BPA, and they're obviously like throwing it all together, and they're they're going to you know ask Yudoka to figure it all out. But I, I can't knock the approach because it was. Very similar to what we were suggesting to do exact, back in the day. Yeah, I was going to say it's almost exactly what we would have done given the opportunity. <laughs> Absolutely to, to draft is like that's it, what we. Would yeah, have it's done. almost like a team drafted by Twitter, where like you just oh, take yeah. the most obvious talent, like yeah. in every single instance. Maybe like Jalen Green is the one because I, there were a lot of people that wanted Mobley at that spot. Yeah, but like outside of that spot, like Jabari was obvious pick. Yeah. I think this year, Amen was a pretty obvious pick by the time we got to it. Cam Whitmore, yes. obvious pick. Oh, yeah, so, it fell into their laps. Fell into their laps. So, um, yeah, but but point taken, it's entirely possible that Oost just doesn't work out. Um, 
and I think if he doesn't work out, the reasons will be pretty like understandable. Like if he doesn't develop a shot, it's going to be very difficult for him. And if he doesn't develop some type of more consistent physicality, it's going to be very tough for him. Yeah. Even though he is very skilled and he is very tall, very skilled. Like eventually he has to do something else with with those skills. Yeah. And so let's see what he does in summer league. I think this is a good setting and a good opportunity for him and he'll get a little bit more of, of run. I mean, he only played what do you play? 569 minutes last year. Yeah. You know who I was comparing him to? I actually compared his stats. This isn't going to make you happy. It's going to make anyone happy. I compared him to rookie Bays. Mhm. Closer than you would think. Um the main points of difference between them is Us was such a better finisher. So Bay shot 43% from two-point range as a rookie. 43%. Us shot 60%. That's a huge difference. That makes me feel it, better. Yeah. In Bay's favor, he shot 35%, as we all remember, from three yeah. as a rookie. Who like shot 27%. Yeah. Um, the one thing that does scare me, but we just still don't have enough data, is Us's touch. You know, especially on a lot of these floaters or these little push shots. And yeah. then you look at his free throw percentage. But even going back to the NBL, like he has maybe shot a total of like 60 free throws between his rookie season and what he did in the NBL. Like he still hasn't, he's barely gotten to the line. Now, when he has gotten to the line, he's shot like 65%. And so it worries you a little bit, but yeah. he also just hasn't taken a ton. Yeah, he took um, 23 free throws in 39 games. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of the probably the biggest difference, and this is this is probably the clearest uh, differentiation between like old Thunder and new Thunder. Bays played double the minutes as a rookie of Oos. He played over eleven hundred minutes. He had forty one assists. Oos had forty six assists in half the minutes. Hmm. And and pretty good assist to turnover ratio too compared to compared to Bays. Um, so yeah. yeah, in in retrospect, there's actually a lot of differences between these two guys. Yeah, their their basic counting stats look relatively similar, but they just weren't getting a lot of minutes at that point. And I do think it's notable that when you look at the on off numbers, like the Thunder were a positive when Us was on the court last year. That's positive. Now, flip side of that is two years ago, Poku had like the most ridiculous on off numbers. The team was so positive when he was on the court. It was like, what is happening? And that was before he was like really playing well yeah. either. Like he was starting to play well. But then he comes in last year playing way better and his on off numbers are miserable. So I'm, yeah. I'm not like putting a ton of stock either way. Um, but it's, it's better than it being like a negative 14 when he's on the court. I think yeah. they were a plus three when Us was on the court uh, last year. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't so, know. I, I I would do nothing with the on-off numbers. I, I just would, did. I would do. I would do nothing. I would do nothing with them. I just. I just don't think that they mean a whole lot. And like, I and I feel that way too. Just from trying to ask Mark about it during the season, is where, like, it when I ask him about it, he'll just say words that just make me feel really dumb, um, for even bringing it up. <laughs> Uh, you can't trust him, Andrew. So. You can't trust him. He's, he's not going to reveal uh, the secrets, and the secrets are that on-off <laughs> is, is the, the greatest. Is the only way. Uh, hey, uh, 
Sam Amick's evil twin, Sam Amico, is re- is reporting that the Cavs are open to trading Darius Garland. Yeah, I just saw that and didn't believe it. That just can't be true. That has to be Amico just like guessing from what the Windhorse stuff was and just like throwing something out there. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, it does feel like there could be something with the Cavs. It feels like Jared Allen is more where something could happen. Yeah. That wouldn't shock me, but... Garland yeah. would be shocking. Shocking. Yeah, depending on what they got back, I guess. I don't know. Garland is a really, really good guard. What if they traded him for another really, really good guard, Andrew? Like who? Um, That's too hard on the spot. I can't think of anyone <laughs> off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, uh, don't trust Amico. Um, well, if, oh, it, if, his, if his name was like Sam, uh, I don't know, Sam Davis, I bet you he'd have half the Twitter followers and like wouldn't get his reports put in. But because his name sounds so much like a legitimate reporter, he just gets thrown in there. Well, so he reported, but also this guy named John Fanta. Who's John Fanta? Head of the Fanta Cola Company? Um, no, he's CB College Basketball on Fox. Oh, yeah, yeah. This Cleveland. guy, okay, this guy was at the draft. Oh, was he, he was, really? He was like doing like the on stage, like on the stage show for the draft. No, I, I didn't have a clue who he was. Okay, so that guy also reported that Garland was available. So we don't we don't know if Amico just took it from John. He may have taken it from from Fanta. Um, Interesting, but yeah, e- e- either way, um, I'm not trusting that as slop. I'm not either. Yeah, I'm not either. That does, that's they, just, they'd have to get such an incredible return. It seems illogical. It seems illogical. Because they're not even at the point where, like, imagine Houston saw that and they were like, oh, I, I would like Darius Garland. That would be awesome. He's like a young veteran, yeah. but he's still like kind of on our timeline. Yeah. Cleveland, Cleveland is not at the point where they want to take back young players. Like, they would, you're basically trading to get another version of Darius Garland. Yeah. Like, I, I, I would understand, and I do understand, like, maybe they don't think the backcourt of Garland and Mitchell is like perfect. Yeah. In terms of the fit. And so they want another option. I just don't know who that would be. Yeah. I don't know. What if it was... Uh, should the Thunder go get him? You said you don't care about if they have 15 guards on the roster. Sure. Okay. Done. Andrew's in favor. How, how, how cool do you think it is that uh, basically the two of the guys that a certain segment of the Thunder population wanted... The Thunder to go after have already been removed off the board. Who's that? Well, John Collins. Oh yeah, no, that's great. One wonderful, and then uh, who's the other power forward? Uh, I already forgot. <sighs> I don't know. There was there was another guy. <laughs> oh, you're talking about Nas Reed? Yeah, Nas Reed. Yeah, yeah, I guess. He's oh, centered. it's great. Oh, it's wonderful. I was so glad when I saw the Nas Reed news because. Just just to shut people up. <laughs> just, just please stop talking about it because it's never going to yeah. happen in the first place. So please yeah. please don't do it now. Uh, what about Garland for Paul George? Yeah, if you're the Clippers, do it in a second. Yeah, do it in a second. Don't even think. Throw, in a, throw in an extra pick to get him to do it quicker. <laughs> throw in some picks. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I wouldn't do that if I were Cleveland. No. Um, yeah. <clears throat> uh, okay. Anything else? I know you got to go. Um, um, no, there's, I, I mean, I'm, I'm very excited for, for summer league, but it's mostly to see the rookies and to see Oos. Yeah. Oh, by the way, who do you think assisted Oos the most last season? Uh, J-Dub. Wrong. Guess again. Uh, Giddy. Wrong. It was uh, Trey Mann. Trey Mann. Oh, weird. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I guess that makes sense with bench lineups. It does kind of make sense, but now you think like you put Kason in that place. Yeah. That's probably going to help Oos. Better passer. Kason. Better passer. Better director of offense. Um, better hair. Uh, sure. It's debatable. It's debatable. Uh, did you listen to Michaelian on Monday at all? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about our Micic trades? Uh, I, I mean, I think they were realistic. Yeah. I, I think that is, you're in the range of what I'm actually expecting. Okay. Yeah. There were some people that weren't very happy with me. <laughs> about those yeah i mean, I mean it's, to be to be fair it's probably our fault uh um, yeah probably so i, I wanted to <laughs> dial it back talking about him for three summers about how good he is i wanted to dial it back a little bit with uh <laughs> with the hype i still think they could i mean they could take him on and just like sign him and bring him in and then you could trade him at the deadline even yeah for sure uh i yeah I, i'm not expecting a lot but I, I'm also thinking that this uh, offseason is going to be pretty boring OKC-wise. Uh, I mean, I think yeah, they already I have 15 guys on the roster. Yeah, I, I would expect it to be boring because what realistically would you expect them to do? Well, and that, that's why like, we have to hold on to the Mitchich thing. That's why we like have to hold on to the one chance it. we have to get some slop that's yeah. relevant to our team. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's all we got coming at us is some kind of Mitic trade. I, I really tried to take uh, take the Thunder fan base out at the knees by mentioning a Keon Ellis for Mitic trade. Just to... I think you took a McKelly out <laughs> the knees with that one. <laughs> that, one was, that, that was probably the most absurd one. Was, uh, talking about a, a, uh, a guard from Florida Southwestern State College. That you love. I love. He did play for Alabama too, but um i actually do like him i think he he can play um uh tyler nevin says lindy's team option is tomorrow exciting stuff that'll okay, be that, that will be interesting i don't think that even if they pick it up i don't necessarily think that it means he'll necessarily make the roster but it just because it's all non-guaranteed anyways right yeah it just pushes everything back a little bit i do think Bertans. it makes it harder for Lindy to get minutes with Bertans on the roster just because Bertans basically does like some of the same stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think you want to keep Bertans around. Well, this is an interesting question. Who, if they were both available, it's from Reed Wallach, who I follow on Twitter. Uh-huh. If they were both available, who would get the bigger trade package back? Damian Lillard or Darius Garland? Um, That is a good question. I think Lillard is a lot better than Garland, but Garland is like, I think you can have team control for longer. He's younger. You could build around him a little bit. I think there'd be more, I think there would be more teams interested in Garland 
than Dame because Dame's yeah, 33. Sure. So you might be able to get a little bit more. Well, his his five year deal deal starts next year. I know that's what I'm saying. Like you got team control for a really long time. Yeah, and he doesn't cost as much. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. I mm. I think there's just a lot more value with Garland overall. But if you are, it just depends. What position are you in? Are you trying to win the title in the next two years? Then it's Dame, like hundred percent. Are you trying to build something? over the next like four, you know 3 years to like maybe get there by the 3rd year then it's obviously Garland cuz like in 3 yeah, like years dra- Dame is 36 draft deep deeper brought up Cavs Magic Raptors Jazz like yeah Magic would be oh. awesome for Garland I wonder if the Raptors okay so if you're the Raptors you actually could have some like win now pieces for Cleveland that would actually make a lot of sense for Cleveland yeah it's just like, are they willing to take the risk on like guys that are expiring? Yeah, that's true. They don't have to resign them. That's that's the that's the trouble. It's like do, that's do the you, pickle. Do you get word? Because I, I think they would have enough success next year for like Siakam. I just wouldn't do that. Like I just wouldn't do it. Like it's just way too risky. <laughs> the team control stuff is a like worth it alone to just keep him. I think that's that's goofy. That's like just straight up goofy. A goofy movie. You get back to the playoffs for the first time since LeBron, and your first move is to trade your second best player. <laughs> They're antsy. Why would you do that? Especially when like Evan Mobley is developing in the background of all of this. It. I would just guess it is not going to happen. I would agree with that. Just not, not, no, not, not going to happen. But yeah, it's fake slop. It's like uh, it's like on Hook where they have the invisible slop in front of them, and they're just trying. They're trying to eat it. You know, that's offensive to call that slop. That was like the most. I, I still have dreams about that meal. I'm talking about Hook. pre the imagination kicking in. Oh, pre the imagination. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because the actual meal. The actual meal is like. Look bomb. Real slop. But before that, when Peter's like not getting it and like there's they're just eating air, that's the Darius right. Garland rumor. Hmm. There's nothing there. Nothing. Um all uh, right, I have to go. Okay. Alex has got to go. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. We'll have another show on Friday. We got Summer League coming up. Uh we're gonna have content coming at you from Vegas uh next week. I'll be in Vegas next next Friday. Uh, So look for that. Hope you guys have an awesome day and we'll talk to you guys again on Friday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.